The CNBC app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. A very warm welcome, everybody. This is Squawk Box with Juliana, Karen and myself, Jeff Cutmore. Let's get into your headlines. A global rally. The S&P now on track for its best month in nearly five decades after White House advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci says remdesivir will become the new standard of care for coronavirus following better news on a Gilead drug trial. The data shows that remdesivir has a clear-cut, significant, positive effect in diminishing the time to recovery. This is really quite important for a number of reasons. Fed Chair Jerome Powell warns of an unprecedented slowdown in economic growth in the second quarter as he promises to support the economy and keep interest rates low for as long as needed. We're going to not be in any hurry to withdraw these measures or to lift off. We're going to wait until we're, we're quite confident that the economy is, is well on the road to recovery. Chinese export orders fall at the fastest pace since the financial crisis as recently reopened factories see their work cancelled, dealing a heavy blow to hopes of a swift economic recovery. Meantime, cloud revenue sent Microsoft shares sky high in extended trade back towards all-time peaks. The top and bottom line beat forecasts and the tech titan benefits from the spike in remote working. Focusing on the positives, Facebook shares jump in after hours trade as well as the social media giant says ad revenues made a comeback in April and monthly users have neared the 3 billion mark, but the CFO remains cautious. We're not immune to this from this crisis. Uh, we did see a steep decline in advertising revenue starting in about the first week of March, and, uh, and that sort of continued. Now we've seen some more recent stabilization. So yesterday's trading session, a perfect illustration of what a little bit of good news uh, around a COVID-19 test can do for you. And early indications about remdesivir do look encouraging. We'll get into that a little earlier uh, in just a few moments, actually. we The reason we've I've got Juliana with us uh, right from the off here is she's been tracking a lot of these trials and we're going to get her in early to have a look at this story. But that's how we did. And you can see we ripped higher on these major indices and the Nasdaq pulling back a lot of the um, recent selling that we saw here. And that's interesting because we are in the middle of earnings season around these technology companies. So it is fascinating to see how the market is responding to some of the news flow, particularly around advertising dependent companies like Facebook and Google. But um, looking at the way the market performed yesterday, you'd have to say both the combination of Jay Powell promising to do whatever it takes effectively and that better news on a health trial, pushing those indices higher. Useful time as we come to the close for April, just to reflect on how far we've come.
in these markets over the month to date. And we are knocking out all sorts of uh, previous records as we look at the performance of these markets here. And I will tell you now, that now brings these three major indices uh, well under the uh, 20% gap we've seen from the recent all-time highs here. And some interesting stats in terms of the sectors that have been performing best. You wouldn't have thought it, perhaps, given the continuation of the lockdown in most major uh, states in the United States, but it's been retail that's been one of the leaders sector-wise and outperformance on retail yesterday and energy again, which is surprising given the fact that we have seen such weakness in the headline energy price. Um, let's focus a, a little bit on the tech story, um, give you a bit, bit more flesh on the bone on the uh, tech uh, companies because obviously um, they have been uh, strong in the recent session here. And as I pointed out, Facebook and Alphabet um, perhaps overcoming some analyst concern about a flattening out of advertising revenues here. Um, Amazon continues to benefit from this stay-at-home phenomena. And uh, Apple, of course, surprisingly up 3.2% here as they uh, continue to try to build a recovery in the gradually reopening Chinese economy. More on China in just a moment because we had some insightful numbers around export orders and we'll tell you a bit more about that in just a few moments. Um, But let's come back to the health story. Shares in Gilead helping drive broad gains after its experimental drug showed positive results in treating COVID-19 The preliminary numbers from a U.S. government trial showing remdesivir help patients recover more quickly than standard care. Earlier this month, the drug suffered a setback after the WHO leaked a memo which detailed it failing a trial. Well, President Trump, who's touted the drug as a potential treatment for the virus, said he was encouraged by this better news. It's a beginning. I thought Tony explained it really well. It's a beginning. It means you build on it. I love that as a building block, you know, just as a building block. I love that. But uh, certainly it's a it's a positive. It's a very positive event. A very positive event is how uh, the president describes then the latest developments on remdesivir. But let's get real about this, Juliana, because the data at the moment is not conclusive and does at this stage only suggests a a reduction in the infection period, what, from about 15 to 11 days, which is good news, but we're still early doors. That is an absolutely important caveat, and perhaps we can start there. Remdesivir is not approved. It is not demonstrated uh, appropriate efficacy or safety as of yet. But we did get two separate and complementary pieces of news yesterday, which are significant, no doubt about it. So the two sets of results that came through yesterday, one came from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease trial, and the other came from Gilead's own trial with severe COVID-19 patients. The latter was not a controlled study, but the former, really importantly, that National Institute of Health 
trial is a placebo-controlled randomized trial. So that data is really meaningful. We know two things from these two different sets of results. One, remdesivir appears to shorten the recovery time. And two, when patients with severe COVID-19 are given the drug, a five-day treatment course is potentially as effective as a 10-day course. So there are really important implications from both these things. Obviously, the first one, if your recovery time is shorter, that frees up hospital space and allows the healthcare system to manage the virus outbreak more effectively. And then the second, in terms of the the course of treatment, if a patient requires only five days of treatment versus 10, that means there's more supply to go around. So those two things are really important. I think um, Dr. Fauci concluded uh, fairly well what these pieces of data mean. Take a listen to what he had to say. The data shows that remdesivir has a clear-cut, significant, positive effect in diminishing the time to recovery. This is really quite important for a number of reasons. So 11 days to recover with remdesivir versus 15 days for the placebo. The mortality rate also trended toward being better in remdesivir with less deaths in the remdesivir group, 8% versus 11% in the placebo group. Not yet statistically significant, but a positive signal. And in terms of where we go from here, uh, Dr. Fauci made an interesting comparison to his time searching for HIV treatment. And at that point, he said when they saw some effectiveness with AZT. It wasn't the end game, but you could build on those findings. And that's what he's um, saying is the case here. This drug, remdesivir, works by blocking an enzyme that the virus uses. And the fact that it's showing some effectiveness means that there are a lot of other enzymes that could become targets, which could enable um, more work to be done and open the door to more capability of treating the virus. Um, So it is two very important pieces of data that have come through yesterday. A lot of promise behind this drug. But as you started out the conversation, Jeff, It is very early days and a lot more work needs to be done. There are all sorts of uh, suggestions about how this virus is behaving, which Mm. suggests that it's unusual in its characteristics. There was a a piece of Chinese research yesterday in a magazine called Cell Research. Uh, It's a journal which is peer-reviewed, which was talking about how it may stay around uh, in the lungs even after recovery, which obviously makes the testing process Mm more complicated. And then uh, there was another study around twins, which was suggesting perhaps that there is a a genetic uh, difference in the way it behaves, depending on uh, the genetic makeup of the individual. So very complicated. And obviously, um, this is good news Mm. with regard to remdesivir, but perhaps we shouldn't be getting carried away that this represents a, 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 a new and immediate Uh, resolution to this virus. I think that it is important to remember that this is only one piece of the puzzle. And yes, there are still a huge number of open questions when it comes to immunity from the virus. Once you've had it and recovered, how long does that immunity last? To your point about whether or not the virus stays in the lungs for a lot longer than we perhaps initially thought. But to come back to what we heard yesterday, the real important piece here is that this is proof proof of concept that a drug can block the virus. And to date, we have haven't seen any conclusive results demonstrating this. So this is significant and can allow investigators to get more involved um, in different parts of the virus. So it is a little piece of insight, but it's a long road and there are so many pieces to the puzzle here. This is just the treatment side of things. Testing is another bucket that is a huge challenge. And then a vaccine, of course, is the ultimate panacea. And we're still very far away from concrete progress there. 
Terrific reporting, Juliana. Thank you. To get closer uh, to uh, the stock story, um, we have a CNBC index that tracks the stock performance of companies that are working on a coronavirus cure. You can check that out at cnbc.com. Well, the Federal Reserve has held interest rates at almost zero as it vowed to take whatever steps it could to soften the blow from the virus on the U.S. economy. Fed officials promising to use, quote, a full range of tools to protect jobs and price stability. But the central bank, which has already cut rates twice and expanded asset purchases during the crisis, did not outline any new policy actions. This is the U.S. economy contracted at its fastest rate in more than a decade in the first quarter, bringing an end to the country's longest period of expansion ever. U.S. GDP fell to a negative 4.8% for the period, missing estimates. Fed Chair Jerome Powell warned the scale of the pandemic could lead to long-term damage for the U.S. economy. It's an extraordinary, extraordinary uh, shock, uh, unlike anything certainly that's happened in my lifetime. The size and force of this shock will no doubt reveal weaknesses in the financial architecture, and uh, we'll have to go to work on those. I also think it, um, you know, it tells you the importance of of getting your fiscal house in order. Uh, the U.S. Um, really, really hadn't, um, it really hadn't gotten back to where we needed to get on fiscal uh, policy. Uh, let's bring in Ian Shepherdson, then chief economist at uh, Pantheon Macroeconomics. Ian, the markets went on a tear yesterday. The combination of those two pieces of information, the Fed uh, still very easy and developments on remdesivir supporting uh, risk appetite. Um, how comfortable do you feel with the pricing in that the market is doing at this stage? Well, you know how we always say markets don't buy the Fed. We, uh, we also now have to actually don't fight the federal government at the same time. So that's an enormous battle for anyone who wants to be short or out of the market to take on both the Fed and almost $3 trillion of stimulus from the federal government for to come. That, that's quite difficult. You have to be convinced. And right now, the idea of all this, plus I think a bit of fear of missing out on the markets, that's telling us a price is higher. Well, we'll have another go, Ian. Your, your sound quality is pretty awful, but we're all having to work with the new normal these days. So we'll, we'll have another go at this and we'll see how you're doing. And if it doesn't work out, we'll come back to you um, and try and redial in. But let, let me just pick up on that point here. Um, this is a Federal Reserve that, what, has now taken the balance sheet, I, I scribbled this down somewhere, to, to in excess of $6.5 trillion. Um, at this point, we didn't get any expansion of the um, the lending activity, but I think Jay Powell made it fairly clear that he is happy to go a little further down this road. So should we be anticipating um, further uh, uh, developments on forward guidance on rates and perhaps some expansion of the special lending facility? And if so, when will that happen? Well, they've said that they'll do whatever is necessary, whatever they have to do. And, and, and that means the balance sheet is going to expand further. And, and if it turns out that they need to do even more, then they will. This is not a Fed that feels constrained. Uh, a Fed that thinks the federal government shouldn't be constrained either. And I think that if markets jammed up or, or there were further difficulties emerging, as uh, Jay Powell put it, 
the financial architecture, then they would step in to do as much as they possibly could. This is not the time to worry about details, to worry about long-term consequences. It's the time to do what you need to do to heal the breach immediately. So I think this Fed would be prepared to be as flexible as necessary. And the first quarter GDP number obviously was horrible, but uh, Jay Powell seems to be lining us up for something significantly worse for the second quarter. We'll get another look at claims today. What are you expecting on both of these um, measures? Well, the second quarter GDP number is going to be horrendous. So markets yesterday looking at a 4.8 drop in the first quarter, a bit worse than expected, but that's irrelevant compared to what's coming in the second, I think be something like minus 30. It could be minus 40. I mean, nobody knows at this point that two-thirds of the quarter hasn't happened yet, but data that we do have is just horrendous. Uh, more immediately, the jobless claim numbers at least are coming down. Still far too high, but I think today it'll dip below 4 million. The was almost 7 million. So at least they're moving in the right direction. But just to give some context, the very worst peak after the crash in 2008, 650 5,000. So today, 3.7, million, and that's an improvement. I mean, we're in a position that nobody ever imagined we'd be in, but at least the direction is now coming back. Um, I think the technology's beaten us here, and you know what? We'll, we'll catch up with you on another day soon, uh, and we'll let you go at this, but thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Ian Shepherdson, the Chief Economist of Pantheon Macroeconomics. Fingers crossed for some better lines through the rest of the show here. Look, we'll take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. President Trump believes China is trying to stop him getting re-elected. We'll have more on this development when we come back. If you enjoy Squawk Box Europe, check out The Brave Ones podcast. The series explores the rise of some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. Through exclusive interviews with family, friends and colleagues, The Brave Ones podcast features stories of determination, resilience and ingenuity. Available on Apple Podcast, Spotify and Google Play. The Brave Ones podcast presented by Credit Suisse. President Trump says he believes China wants him to lose his bid for re-election. The U.S. president told Reuters China's response to coronavirus is proof it will, quote, do anything it can to prevent him getting a second term. He said he was looking at different options in terms of consequences for Beijing over the virus. This is China's factory activity unexpectedly fell in April as the virus impact caused a sharp drop in export orders. Manufacturing PMI came out at 49.4 versus 50.1 in March. Factories in mainland China have resumed production as lockdowns were lifted and the number of infections fell. But demand for Chinese products has slowed, with export orders falling at the fastest pace since the financial crisis of 08. The data suggests a recovery in the world's second largest economy may be slow in coming. Uh, Matt's taking a look at the numbers and, of course, the impact on the wider markets. Matthew, good morning. 
Hi there, Jeff. Good morning to you. We are seeing a very positive session across Asia, despite that weakness that we saw in the China PMIs. New Zealand just closing down by about 1.2%. China coming back from the lunch break. Shanghai up by about 1.4%. Hong Kong, South Korea closed today. Japan was closed yesterday, and it is the winner throughout the region today, up by almost 3%. We are also seeing strength uh, in Singapore. Some bank earnings out here. DBS reporting a drop in profit, but those shares higher. Singapore up by about 2%. And we are seeing the Australian market gaining by about Two and a half percent. Now, of course, you were talking about uh, the PMI data that we got out of China. Let's give you a look because it was fairly interesting. The official numbers weaker than, of course, what we saw in March in the month of April at 50.8 down from uh, 52. Uh, but this Kaishin one showing contractionary territory again, uh, the number coming in at 49.4. Services, though, picking up over the month. Back to you now in London. Perfect. Thank you, Matt, for that. BASF has withdrawn its outlook for 2020, saying it's impossible to estimate the length of the virus pandemic. The German chemical company has warned earnings could drop as the widespread shutdowns slow its biggest customer, the auto industry. The group is due to report its first quarter results today. BASF is still proposing an unchanged dividend for 2019 at 3 30 euros per share. So 3 euros 30 per share. Um, let's have a look at some uh, numbers for you. Swiss Re through uh, this hour uh, with the report. And I think uh, there'll be a little bit of disappointment uh, in the market here. The analysts were looking for a net profit of $59 million uh, based on the uh, refinitive uh, consensus. The group has delivered a loss of 225 million. Uh, the year ago period was a $429 million profit. So the group has swung to a net loss in the first quarter. Um, they've given us um, a few lines here. The outlook, the COVID-19 pandemic, far from over, its broader economic and social consequences will be far-reaching. In terms of the uh, balance sheet, confident that uh, we have substantial measures in place to protect our balance sheet and hedge investment positions in the first quarter ahead of one of the sharpest sell-offs in recent history. Uh, low impairments in our portfolio underscore the quality of the portfolio as the market remains volatile. We continue to be vigilant to the challenges. In terms of the uh, particular business units, the um, corporate solutions uh, seeing a net loss of 167 million impacted by losses related to COVID-19 and the life capital uh, net loss, uh, 261 million, reflecting mark-to-market adjustments uh, for Phoenix Group Holdings. Again, um, these insurance companies do have to reflect the adjustments in market valuations. Uh, so it is a moment in time measurement in terms of that life assessment and calculation. We're going to speak with uh, Swiss Re CFO. John Dacey will be up at 9.35 CET so we can have a conversation about exactly where he sees the business going from here. Nokia, uh, well, they delivered a, a profit for the first quarter, but it was a, a small profit here. Nokia generating a first quarter underlying profit of one cent per share, which beat the analyst expectations for break even 
Uh, it was a loss of two cents per share for the same period last year, so that is an improvement here. But the um, company missed on the revenue line here, lower than expected revenues for the first three months of the year. Um, Karen is back with us perhaps to talk a little bit about this. Karen, I think at least this is one company that can point to 5G and say that it is offering some support in this environment. Exactly. One of those trends, of course, that many business players have been looking towards, and that's a positive when it comes to the outlook. That said, in the announcement today, despite the resilience the company's expecting, they're saying there could be a hit to business spending plans. So if you think of all the telecommunications companies that need to dig into their balance sheet and trying to spend some money on future network infrastructure, what they've got, maybe they want to preserve their cash position at this stage and make sure they have some own balance sheet resilience. Does it matter if they push out some of those campex spendings on 5G for a little bit later on when they've got a safer environment. And that's the point for Nokia. If those spending plans are changed by telecommunications companies, then it will impact them. So they have mentioned this possible change to spending plans. Worth noting, there was a top-line impact from COVID-19 of about 200 million euros in this uh, first quarter, largely the result of supply chain issues within China. So disruptions are clearly one of the other issues when we talk about supply chains with this company. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market-moving news, you can head to cnbc.com. Or join us again on the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Show Weekdays on CNBC.